Uh, <laughs> you can say you can say something to me if you want. Oh no no no! That's exactly I just didn't want to forget to. I didn't I want to forget. Just, I was just laughing at myself because of the two movies we're watching today. Yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> I all right. So <laughs> you know what? Let's just <laughs> welcome Let's just, to welcome. one foot on the ground. <laughs> Error Tuesday. <laughs> this is Ashley. And this is Johnny. And uh, what are we watching today, John? Today we are watching um, <laughs> the beautiful and wonderful uh, The Phantom of the Opera from 1925. Mm-hmm. And Valentine. The beautiful and wonderful Valentine from 2001. <laughs> Not a space odyssey. Listen. Not at all. Uh, John, all right, no. Before we begin, I'm gonna I'm gonna give like a two sentence description of your movie, and I want you <laughs> to describe my movie, and just like the briefest little thing. Ready? I'm okay. Ready. Go ahead. <laughs> um, a man who can't take rejection and is criticized for his appearance uh, decides to murder people to win favor of and isolate a girl he likes <laughs> also he's good at piano <laughs> also he's good at piano um and for your movie um same description <laughs> you will regret movie. having sat through this movie uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh and also he has no nosebleeds <laughs> oh yeah okay so let's get started here um up first is of course the phantom of the opera from 1925 mm-hmm. um so i mean if you have lived under a rock you don't know what this story is about <laughs> But um, it obviously was turned into a very, very famous musical in, uh, what was it, 1987-ish, somewhere around there. Um, And we can talk a little bit about that, but not too much. Um, And then, of course, it was made into a horrible movie by Joel Schumacher. Um. (laughs) Whoa, which one is the the horrible one? Is that the the one with the... The, whoa don't people love that one i don't know why um what do you mean you don't know why we'll, we'll get into it people like we'll get into it song. i love the musical i think it's a brilliant musical I, I have no problems with the musical i have a problem with how joel schumacher directed that uh movie i don't think he did a good job he doesn't actually do a very good job ever so Oh. oh, I know, and he's gay. Wow. Ooh. Oh, um, yeah. gay, gay people can do bad things too. <laughs> they can, and he proves it all the time. <laughs> um, so anyway, so this film, um, where do I even begin? So <laughs> obviously it's set at the uh, Paris Opera House 
uh, and the catacombs and such below, um, uh, which I don't know if, is the Paris Opera House built above catacombs? I honestly don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but this is a silent film, obviously, that's our theme for these things. And it's kind of weird because I don't think that a lot of people realize that it was originally a silent film. Um, and even me, I, I feel like I do kind of remember it being a sound film, but it it was not, <laughs> especially because Lon, Lon Chaney's in it. Uh, he plays the Phantom and uh, he is fantastic. Um, but, and you know, the problem is I wrote notes for your movie, but I didn't write notes for my movie because I figured I don't need to, but I kind of feel like I should have. Um, <laughs> I lost my notes for your movie. Did you really? Don't worry. I did. I wrote notes for your new your movie, but not my movie. And uh, I tend to yeah, do that. Yeah, I tend to do that. So we're kind of lost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're lost. No, I've got I've got things to say about Mr. Eric. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Honestly. Um, okay, so. I mean, like I said, if you live under a rock and don't know what the movie's about, it's about the Paris Opera House. Uh, these two dudes come in and buy it. Um, and the previous owners are like, oh, by the way, there's a phantom of yeah. this opera. <laughs> and he haunts the, the shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah seriously, like right after they signed the papers and everything. And then they're like, oh, by the way, as we're walking out the door, there's a phantom. Uh, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> and he basically the phantom um is very gifted musically um and he he basically is training this young attractive singer um while she's in her dressing room like he's behind her mirror and he's training her on how to be brilliant at what she does and it's working. She is very, very good. But the problem is there is a diva up in the place and she's not happy that this little Christine is taking all of her damn parts or whatever. Oh, um, it's, the, it's the diva's mom. Well, yes, yeah, it's, it's mostly the diva's mom. <laughs> it's like a um, stage mom just mad about this Christine girl. Yeah. But to be fair, that also homegirl has like a role like the the stage mother's daughter is the lead in this performance and then yeah. suddenly some phantom is like put christine in there instead otherwise bad things will happen and she's like no absolutely you know, not. It, it's it's kind of it is kind of like who who do you think you are yeah he he's he's a jackass uh you don't actually see him for a lot you see his uh, silhouette on yes. on the wall and and so forth or like the silhouette of him doing horrible things in the rafters um one of them looked kind of dirty too i noticed that i was like oh looks like he's stroking the shit out of that lever um anyway <laughs> <laughs> like this is my phallic penis um <laughs> anyway, so beyond the point so he um anyway so 
uh, she does do a performance. Everything goes well. Everybody loves it. It's great. Uh, but then, of course, the mother demands that her daughter do the next performance. And they're like, well, we kind of shouldn't because the phantom is going to do something mm-hmm. bad. Um, we don't know what it is, but it could be really bad. So they basically um, uh, don't, well, they let her sing the, the diva and she, uh, you know, sings and the phantom's like, well, fuck y'all. I'm going to drop this chandelier right on the damn audience, which is kind of yeah, Not rude. even on the, the Not stage. even on the stage, like on the audience. <laughs> the audience. <laughs> now, I, I do kind of want to talk about the musical because it is kind of, the whole thing is kind of cool. But anyway, let's finish this first. I'll finish the synopsis of what's going on here. So the phantom drops a chandelier. It's like a big deal. There's some crushed people. It's really sad and horrible. Everybody's screaming, running. Um, and I don't really remember what happens next, but some at some point <laughs> the phantom kidnaps Christine takes her into the dungeons um but he when he appears he shows up in this really bizarre mask uh, not like the one that we're familiar with with the musical the musical is very romantic and pretty and you know his half face yeah. thing it's very sexy it's still um, a half-faced mask it's just top to like top nose, to nose like forehead to nose instead of like, like well but the, the bottom half is still middle the bottom half is still yeah there's like a curtain that covers up his mouth so you don't see any of his face um and it's a really creepy mask to be honest it's it's not it's not and of course christine's like um oh i don't know i mean you've been sitting here talking to this man in the walls what did you think he was going to look like i mean (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> Brad Pitt. I mean, he looks like yeah, he's Brad Pitt behind the wall. Um, he's got a, a reason... voice of an angel, John. He does well, and Michael Crawford did, but we'll get into that. Um, Lon Chaney <laughs> probably did not. I don't know. Um, so, and that's the other thing about this is how interesting it is to make a silent film out of this because you know most of this is talking about music, music, and, and everything, but. Um, you know, we don't hear anything. But anyway, in so fact, uh, just in fact, we also hear the same score throughout the whole movie. It doesn't fluctuate. It doesn't change. Yeah, it's not like, very dynamic. Like Paxson like had like yeah, like that music like went up and down like for almost like somebody was well, actually scoring it. Yeah, we actually and I we should bring this up too. We watched the the version that is available on Amazon to rent or buy. Mm -hmm. I don't recommend this version because it's not (laughs) good. Um, I was talking to Ashley about this before we started that you really need to see this one in as high definition as possible um, because it is actually a very beautiful film especially for the time for 1925 it is a spectacular situation but you miss all of that detail in that version it it looks like it's it's literally a copy from a vhs like you can see the the lines from the vhs the track i actually i i did so i know it wasn't of great quality but it was like it's old you know 
and maybe because like we grew up with like VHS tapes and like all that tracking and the little shifting thing I kind of liked it I kind of like those bits and I know like we're quality snobs you and I I know we are well um there's a reason that this one should be seen in in better quality and we'll get to it but is it the um, tinting no it's well it's not tinted until the masquerade ball the The masquerade masquerade ball is actually not tinted it's uh two-tone technicolor and it is one of the first to ever use this process um and it's slightly different from the tricolor which happened obviously later but mm-hmm. two-tone was just green and red and of course you're black and white negative so so they filmed it i don't know I'm not going to explain how cameras work, but you know, they basically had, why not? Okay. Well, (laughs) (laughs) for two tone, they had basically three different, three different strips of film. They had the red, the green and the black and white. And this camera would film all three at the same time. So that later, once you've developed all three, you can layer them together and it will give you color and it's not quite as spectacular as it eventually will be because it's only two tone but it actually does have very beautiful coloring to the whole thing um Mm -hmm. and it makes a huge difference because of course in the masquerade he comes out in this red cloak and he's got this skull facing and it's fantastic it's it's beautiful to look at but you lose so much detail and it's so blurry on that copy that we watched that I was like, I have definitely seen this. And it was very impressive when I saw it. Like, I was like, holy shit, I had no idea that that could look that cool. Um, so it is very cool. And also Lon Chaney did his own makeup design and he actually used egg whites um, on his eyes to give them a creepy, like, uh, cloudy effect which is really fucking weird but you know this is 1925 they probably didn't Mm -hmm. know you shouldn't put egg whites in your eye Uh, (laughs) 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 but he did and these are these are the things i'm talking about like where you, you you're losing all that like cool stuff by having a terrible copy of this movie um yeah, so i don't I recommend that the images and it is vastly different yeah <laughs> it is incredibly different that's actually quite lovely yeah like i was very disappointed and I, like when i was watching it, i was like god damn it i hope this is not what she watched and it was it sure as shit was <laughs> it sure yeah. was so um <laughs> i am going to invest in the blu-ray for this movie so so we can watch it together in high definition but that's for another day um oh, nice yeah it's really it's really good but anyway so um anyway so he kidnaps christine it's mostly like beauty and the beast at this point (laughs) she brings him or he brings her down into his creepy lair lair uh which is i mean decked out he's got a boat down there and a river and he's got a fantastic bedroom his bed actually was reused um in sunset boulevard it was the bed that uh, she had in that movie. Anyway, um, a lot mm-hmm. of this is actually really cool. The set for the opera house um, 
it actually, they kept it for the longest time. I think it was the, the studio, I think it was what, Studio 28, I think was the studio. It's a very famous uh, set and stage or stage 28. Um, yeah, stage 28. Um, and we'll talk about sound stages too in a minute because I have a lot to say about this, but um, which is funny that they filmed it on sound stage, but whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for non, non-sound uh, film. Anyway, so this sound stage was very famous. It was actually demolished in 2014, but they did keep a lot of the, the opera house set and the opera house set stayed on that set from when it was used in this film all the way until they demolished the, the sound stage. Um, in what it was 1966, I think, um, they restored the set back to its original like when 1925 fan of the opera, they restored it to, to that uh, to be used in Torn Curtain by Alfred Hitchcock. So they filmed that there. Um, so the set is very, very famous and you've probably seen it in other movies. Um, <laughs> anyway, but, oh, so he brings her down to that whole thing and She's like, what is she? I can't remember. Oh, I guess she still wants to be a performer in the opera. And he's like, well, fine. To show you how much I love you, I'll let you go up there and sing your, your heart out on the stage. Um, and he lets her go or whatever. Um, she, <laughs> I would like to also note that she goes back and forth with her interest in him. Like, yeah, she seems to also. I don't want to say lead him on because that's not the right. That's not the right term. Like she I seems think to she... have interest in him and then pulls back when like she sees his face. Yeah, and then she's like, "Ooh, oh, I don't know about living down here in these catacombs. It's kind of spooky." Yeah, it's kind of. And then gross. she's like, "But I could be a Damn. famous um, opera person." So she's really career focused, and well, almost like also... she's using him for her end game. Yeah. But also, you know, agreeing to things because, like, he, like, how could she protect herself against this, uh, her, this attacker? So, of course, like, you know, like saying what he wants to hear to kind of leave is also a factor. Yeah. But I was like, mm, this girl's pretty career driven. <laughs> like, yeah, she going is. Down there. Yeah, she is. Um, so, it's hard not to talk about the musical when I'm talking about it. <laughs> because I want to, I'm going to, I will, I will talk about it, but I'm trying to hold back for a minute. So anyway, um, you know, so she goes back and forth, blah, blah, blah. Oh, but I wanted to say when she goes down there the first time, I think it's the first time. Um, this movie is a little bit long, I will say. I think it could have been shorter, but anyway, that's beside the point. Um, so when she goes down there um, and he says, like, you know, I'll give you my devotion and love and all this shit, but don't ever touch my mask. Like, if you touch my mask, I will be evil. And she's like, um, okay. And then she immediately touches his mask. And it's like, um, yeah. did you not hear him just now, ma'am? Yeah. Don't touch his mask. It's like, don't touch my hair. It's like, don't. 
and she yeah, goes for like, it immediately I'll give you everything and anything just don't touch my mask and she's like rip off your mask <laughs> <laughs> is that what you said um so she rips it off and of course this is the reveal of his face and mm-hmm. um it was very like even the way that the the director showed it to you like it's very shocking like when that yeah it cuts to it and it's like whoa shit that's his face um, I loved it. <laughs> and I loved, I loved that scene. Like she pulls it off and he it just like lurches up and is like, ah! <laughs> like he's like, he's like scared, but he's also scary. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was a it was a uh this was terrifying to people in 1925. <laughs> like this terrifying was like, holy no. shit. Um well, only because of the screen, not because of his appearance. <laughs> yeah well that's the other thing you can't hear anything (laughs) yeah but i could feel it he looked into my soul and was like why is she doing this to me (laughs) and i will also say i will also say that um that like i said before this film should be seen in higher quality because a lot better when you can see the detail in his grotesque makeup now Also something to bring up. Um, I recently saw this thing because the new James Bond movie is coming out and Rami Malek is disfigured in this movie, um, mm-hmm. much the way Lon Chaney is disfigured in this one. And there was actually this ad campaign that these uh, people did that are basically they have like these disfigured people, like real life disfigured people, um, Mm -hmm. like dressed up as superheroes. And they said, you know, why does this, you know, why are we always the villain in these things? Like we're we're human beings just like you and we can also be the superhero. Um, And I thought that was kind of interesting. And it is kind of weird that we always do this in these movies. Like- It was, it's a very- um... I don't know, like people tend to fear things they don't understand. Yeah. And especially like in the twenties, like it it seems kind of like obvious, like even with Haxon, you know, like people like persecuting these women because they were having any type of emotion. (laughs) Yeah. But like stuff that they don't understand, they're just like, ah, burner, she must be a witch. This guy um, doesn't look like your average person. And they're like, ah, he must be a monster. Uh, Like, you know, it's just kind of like, as we go on, we become more educated and more, um, I guess, accepting. But it's, I mean, it's not like we, we, humans are absolutely awful. Oh, Um, absolutely. And it seems, and like watching these things, it just seems so primitive. But a lot of that is still prevalent today yeah absolutely so um anyway so the plot thickens (laughs) (laughs) she goes back up and it was kind of weird too because she did the same thing with her her like romantic interest above ground raul uh, she's like, I can't see you because I need to be with my master. And then she sees the master's face and she's like, well, maybe I do need to see you. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like girl, she's like, Mm-mm. 
And then of course she's also like, also the master thing was gross. <laughs> the what? The master thing was was gross. Oh yeah, like, gross. He kept he kept Absolutely. being like, uh, you I'm can call master. me master. Like, I am your master. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really gross. He's like, okay, and she's like, wait a minute, you're not hot. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so she goes back up. Of course, she immediately, you know kind of like beating the beast like she almost immediately i mean bell didn't do it on purpose but she basically you know ruined shit and now everybody wants to go <laughs> after the phantom uh <laughs> and burn him alive or whatnot so mm-hmm. you have all this going on in the background like you know she's trying to make out with her dude up on the top of the roof the phantom spying the whole time this all happens at the, the masquerade ball is kind of what propels the story into the next part like he comes up for the masquerade ball because it's the only time that he basically can because he gets to wear, wear full a mask mask and of course like we said it's spectacular it's very beautiful um uh and then and anyway, she has so, a secret meeting with her with her Raul uh, up on the rooftop. Yeah, her ex. <laughs> and the Phantom is <laughs> is literally watching and yells, She has betrayed me. Which I don't know how they didn't hear that, but whatever. Um <laughs> it was super windy, John. It was it was silent as well. <laughs> so it's a silent film. So I guess maybe, maybe that was yeah, you know, maybe they didn't get to see the title card that we saw. Exactly. Yeah, they didn't get to read that. Uh, or that it was backwards <laughs> and they were confused. <laughs> like, oh, we're on the uh, wrong side of the title card. I don't know what it said. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so it, I don't know. Stuff happens. He drags her back down. Doesn't he drag her back down? He drags her back down. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, yeah. She, yes. He drags her back down. Everybody's going down to the dungeons to find her. And also the mob is coming for the phantom. So everything's happening all at once. And the two guys, Raul and uh, I don't know what he is like, well, he turns out to be like a detective, oh, the, a detective. that has been like covering the case in the background. He kind of seemed creepy throughout the movie. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm a detective, by the way. I'm perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So when they, um, when the owners had, were told about a phantom, they didn't quite believe it. And they started doing like their own personal investigation of it. And then later on, they were sent a letter from an old insane or mental institution if I'm remembering correctly, like it was oh, like yeah. a mental institution that was like, this guy, Eric, has escaped from this place, what, a year ago? And, uh, or maybe even, I don't know how long this phantom has been here, but he escaped from this mental institution and they think that he could be in your town. In fact, we think that he is your phantom. His name is Eric and he's gifted in uh in music self-taught and gifted and uh a master of black art and i wonder if they meant like like the dark arts like magic because i was like is he hypnotizing christine or is she just okay see we're gonna have to bring up the musical but (laughs) well but then but that so this detective is linked to that because he's like looking for that guy um, and also there seems to be a lot of murder happening in this opera house. <laughs> yeah, there's like a lot going on. Um, yeah. 
and the the torture like they end up in a torture chamber which is Mm -hmm. covered in mirrors which i thought was weird i was like okay well i mean it was fantastic for the film but it's like very odd um anyway the phantoms like traps them there and he's like i'm going to burn them alive (laughs) Uh, we'll burn them with heat i guess i don't know it's like a sauna (laughs) i don't know exactly how that works but he's like they're going to boil to death in there and she's like oh god no i'll do anything please save them so he's like no or sort of i don't know no not that point whatever anyway they're burning thing, but the raul finds a little thing on the floor and basically finds the trap door to get out of there so they go below the dungeon or the trap the, the torture chamber uh but they're stuck in a room full of barrels of gunpowder and like oh shit this is not good and <laughs> now the phantom is like okay well i'm gonna give you christine a choice <laughs> like you can either I guess what turn the scorpion or turn the uh turn the scorpion or turn the grasshopper oh yeah there's a grasshopper and what is it the grasshopper will blow up the opera house which I I don't know why that was an option but it was and then the other one (laughs) because of the gunpowder well obviously yes I I did realize that but I was like I I just I I guess basically he's given her a choice like I couldn't remember what the other choice was though it was um it wasn't to free the world it was it was to it was to save them but choose him so either they live and um and she stays with uh the phantom phantom. or everyone dies it's like if everybody dies no one will and you also don't get to sing in the opera (laughs) yeah (laughs) because i'm gonna blow up the opera opera house um (laughs) so she's like she almost blows up the opera She's like, mm, maybe. And then she's like, nah, scorpion, turn it. And she does it very dramatically because it's 1925 and it's a silent film. And um, <laughs> it's very dramatic. Like her twisting hand turned. It's like ridiculous. Um, it was also like a beautiful like setup though. Like it's just like this weird chest that glows. It like has like a pain. It's very it strange. And a light very strange. Under the grasshopper and the scorpion. Like like also phantom why why do these exist in your home why is this a thing it's very strange maybe you know what maybe maybe that would be like a good like escape thing because like when she turns the scorpion it's the scorpion right she Uh, turns the scorpion yeah the water in the catacombs drains now uh, i wanted to talk all rising yeah i wanted to talk a little bit about the water Because if I remember correctly, they said the catacombs and sewers below. And was this sewer water? I mean, (laughs) was this just like a big old poop vat? I mean, I just can't. And then everybody's like in it. What were toilets like in 1925? I don't don't know. Couldn't be good. (laughs) Like I guess anyway, but yeah, wouldn't he, be as advanced. But. He's, I mean, I don't understand how he has all this technology down there. I mean, he also has an alarm system to let him know when people are coming. Um, that alerts him the mobs on the way. And um, just all kinds of things. But anyway, so um yeah, his water drains from his little 
boat canal thing, which might be poop water, uh, <laughs> possibly, <laughs> but it basically floods the chamber that the dudes are in with all the gunpowder. Therefore, you know, you can't use the gunpowder now, so you can't blow up the opera house. Uh, <laughs> darn it. <laughs> um, we couldn't afford that special effect, so we will just douse the gunpowder. Anyway, and then um, uh, around the same time that the mobs are finally about up in there. Um, <clears throat> but oh, this is where she saves them, though, because basically they're drowning and which, you know, that was, that's probably why I was confused. Cause I was like, wait a minute. I thought he said that they would live, but maybe that was never the option, you know, whatever. <clears throat> but anyway, she says, I'll do anything. Just please save them. And I don't know why that worked, but he said, sure. And he opened up another trap door to let them out of that place that was right below them. It's, and it's a, it's a matter of them trusting each other way too much yeah it's just i mean she ripped his mask off immediately so i wouldn't trust her yeah at but, all. yeah but she said i'll do anything and he's like anything he's like she'll do know, anything a blowjob does maybe sound she nice. really does love me <laughs> did blowjobs exist back then i don't know um so they had to have <laughs> i'm sure they did <laughs> i'm sure somebody put their mouth on something anyway um so <laughs> anyways everybody's running everybody's trying to chase the phantom he gets into the um oh because raul had a carriage standing by which was called a barouche and i have to say that i am finally glad that i know what a barouche is because i was like oh shit they talk about that in sense and sensibility that he owns his own barouche and i was like okay what is that? I thought it was like a house of some sort or a church. <laughs> Turns out it's a carriage. <laughs> so he owns his own barouche. Um, anyway, so Raul had that standing by to whisk her away after the performance. Um, oh, because the Phantom interrupted the performance too to kidnap her. That's what happened. Yeah, she was mm -hmm. like singing her heart out. And then the Phantom was like, no, turn off the lights. We took her. Um, anyway so yeah, he made a whole scene because raul and her and he eavesdropped and all that kind of stuff anyway so um the, the phantom is in the carriage there's a chase and things and horses luckily don't get hurt uh but the carriage does <laughs> topple over it's very dramatic uh they finally catch up with the phantom and basically beat him to death and throw him into the scene uh, which is the river by the um, Notre Dame, because they were right there. Uh, so yeah, they beat him to death and throw him, and that's the end. Uh, literally, <laughs> just says, finish. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that was uh, interesting. So um, just for the record, he was originally supposed to uh, die from a broken heart, and they found him at his organ. Um, but that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> it happened very differently. So anyway, um, so now I want to talk about the musical briefly here. So the musical is actually quite spectacular. It's very, very well, well written and well produced specifically for the stage. Um, because when you're in the play, like you're the audience, there is a sense of threat because of the chandelier situation 
because the chandelier does actually, well, because the way that the whole thing is set up is that, and it kind of happens in the movie too, but it's a little stupid. Um, the, when the whole thing starts, it's at an auction. Um, they're at the opera house and they're basically auctioning off parts of the opera house to get rid of it or whatever. And the first uh, item up for auction is the famous chandelier that the phantom dropped. And of course it's sitting on the stage all broken and crazy. And in the stage version that happens up on the stage and the chandelier comes to life and it gets lifted up above the audience. So, and it's very cool. And then um, at the end of uh, the first act or whatever, or before intermission is the big moment where the chandelier comes crashing down into the show, you know, to, because the phantom's pissed that the prima donna is singing. Um, so it's very cool. It's very amazing. And if you can see it in a theater that has an organ installed, it's very cool. Like, because the whole building kind of has that reverberation that you can feel because of the music. Right. It's very cool. But in the musical, it's actually very clever. And I think it's a way more understandable why Christine is going with the phantom because he basically hypnotizes her with his music because he's that good um so whenever he's singing from to her from behind the mirror and whatnot it's putting her into a trance and then she follows him into the down into the uh, cellars um okay. so it works much better in the musical <laughs> like you understand a lot more why she's doing it um, and the original musical uh, was Michael Crawford. He was the Phantom and he is a spectacular singer. He was also in um, Hello, Dolly uh, with Barbara Streisand. He played the long, lanky leg dude, like those freaking legs that are crazy. Uh, <laughs> crazy legs. Um, he's so tall. Um, but anyway, he he's the original Phantom and uh, Sarah Brightman was the original Christine and the musical was written specifically for Sarah Brightman because Andrew Lloyd Webber and her were married at the time actually I don't know if, I, I think they were married um, but he wrote it for her and after she became famous because of this she dumped his ass and moved on to other things uh, and honestly and I'm going to say this and I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for it I do not like Sarah Brightman's voice. I never have. I don't like the way it sounds and I don't know why, but I think she sounds weird. I mean, she can sing, but she has this very bizarre quality to her voice that I don't like. And it's not just in that musical. It's like all of her music that I've ever heard. She has the same weird thing and I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. Um, so when they made the movie, I was kind of excited because I was like, oh, finally, somebody else is going to sing this. <laughs> <laughs> I've, only, I've only ever heard her. I mean, obviously, if I went to a stage version, I would have heard somebody else sing it, but it didn't happen. Unfortunately, Michael Crawford didn't sing the phantom part, so it wasn't quite as exciting. 
And so that would be the only reason I'd say I would prefer listening to the original cast recording because it is slightly more exciting because of Michael Crawford. But again, I don't like, if they could replace Sarah Brightman's voice like George Lucas style, that would be cool. But they haven't done it yet. And they would only do it for me. Anyway, (laughs) but Barbara Streisand um, and Michael Crawford well, Barbara's done a couple of songs from the show and they actually did a duet of, um, I think it's of All I Ask of You uh, from that and her and Michael Crawford. And it is stunning, stunning. Maybe it's music of the night. Well, whatever, <laughs> they do one of the songs and the way that they, um, they made it a duet. It wasn't originally a duet in the musical, but Barbara made it a duet for her album with Michael Crawford and their harmonizing is delicious. It's, it's just, it's goosebumps all over. It's so good. Um, they're just absolutely beautiful. But anyway, so in the musical, all these things are cool and very, it, it's just, it works better as a musical. And of course it makes sense that it's a musical because it's the Phantom of the Opera and they are supposed to be singing. So it's kind of cool, but um Anyway, so that's the musical rundown. Oh, and I did not like the movie <laughs> because it was stupid. Like Joel, Joel Schumacher just did the worst job, especially with camera placement. If you're directing a musical, okay, why would you put the camera at a weird angle so that you can't see the dance like the choreography from a logical angle. He kept putting the camera in a weird spot. And I was like, mm-hmm. why the fuck am I watching this from this angle? It is the weirdest thing. And then he also made the chandelier situation completely ridiculous. Like it had like this cord ripping out of the ceiling. And it was just, I don't know, it was just way too stupid. It, it didn't make much sense. Um, and this is the the 2004 um, rendition. Yes, with like Emma Rosen, Mini Driver, definitely. Mini Driver, yeah, Mini Driver played. Yeah. She did not sing her own parts, but she yeah. was the uh, she was the diva that wanted right. to sing the part and didn't give a shit about the Phantom trying to Doesn't wreck Mini the place. Sing in other and other things. She does, but this particular situation she was an opera singer and she had to sing an operatic kind of thing and Minnie I guess does not have the training for that uh so she did not do that yeah I guess that's quite specific yeah um and her part is like I mean that's some high notes you have to hit up in there but um anyway but yeah I love the musical I think it's it's very it's definitely worth seeking out I think it's very cool um especially the original cast recording from 1987 excellent except for Sarah Brightman's weird voice Um, but you still get the gist of the situation and it's very goosebumpy very very good right um anyway so they did actually um produce a a sound version of this and it came out in 1930 but it's been lost like nobody knows what happened to it so it's gone 
oh so is that why they did it on is it like a sound version from this film or a sound version that they re-recorded because it's recorded on a, in a sound studio i did not look into it more okay so i don't exactly know but I, i'm guessing right, well, that they probably i'm guessing that they probably did kind of what they did um when they did like the first sound films they would i don't we might have discussed this before, but like the Blue Angel with uh, Marlena Dietrich, which is one of the first sound films, um, they dubbed it, well, not dubbed it, they performed it in German and in English. So they would do the entire film, like they would do each scene, they would film it in German, then they would reset and film it in English, the same scene. So you got basically the same movie, but in two different languages. And they did this a lot back then uh, because they didn't realize you could just dub it. Because they couldn't just dub it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they hadn't quite figured that out yet. Fellini figured that out later. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I'm not saying that. That's that... not a true fact, people. I, <laughs> Fellini didn't invent dubbing. <laughs> I'm just making fun of Fellini always dubbing. Um, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say that that just seems like... Um like a more I don't want to say like more quality not not to say that dubbing like isn't an art in itself it is yeah. there are very good there are very good like dubbing actors out there yeah uh, but it just seems like like you're I don't know like just going the extra mile to film two versions of the same movie to give yeah. like the same experience from the same actors from the same like whatever. exactly i think um, the only the only problem that happened with some of that is like marlena dietrich's accent uh i mean it, it, she always had a pretty thick accent no matter what i mean even up until her later days or whatever but she um very distinctive accent but she um it was kind of hard to understand her because I actually did have both because they do still have them. And when they release them, they usually put them together. Um, so you can get both versions and they are slightly different each version, um, which is kind of cool just to see it like, you know, back to back, you watch them. It's kind of cool. Um, but she had a very thick accent and this happened a lot. Like even uh, Fellini when dubbing was going on, <laughs> this is a little bit more in the future here. Um, when he did La Strada, uh, Julieta, his wife, did do the English dub, but maybe, no, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't La Strada. I think it was Knights of Cabiria. It was one of those two. Anyway, um, her accent is so thick that it's kind of hard to understand what she's saying. <laughs> so, because she didn't really speak English, she, she was Italian and you know, but she tried to do her best to do the English dub of, I think it was Knights of Cabiria. Um, but obviously it didn't really work very well because she couldn't understand her because her accent was too thick and she didn't really know all the words she was saying. Um, so that happened a lot at some point. But anyway, um, well, that and they figured out dubbing so they didn't have to film both at the same time. But I still think it's kind of, I think it's fascinating to do it that way. I think it's way cool but i i did want to bring up because we're doing the silent films and talking about them and i was saying um when we watched fritz lang that the sets were always so impressive 
like on these films, like these massive, huge sets and, and um, very cool to look at, very cool to film. And I kind of realized why the sets got smaller and they weren't as spectacular. It had nothing to do with like not wanting to have those, excuse me, not wanting to have those things. It was sound because you'd have to build oh, everything yeah. on a sound stage. And because of that, they'd have to be technically smaller for the most part. So, you know, building these gigantic outdoor crazy sets and stuff like that really weren't a thing back then. Or, well, for a certain period, obviously now you can do whatever, but um, they didn't really have like that. While they were figuring out sound, they had to dial They had to, the, yeah, dial it in yeah, and sure. make things smaller. So I, I can't be, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure that that's what happened, but it's, you know, I, I feel like that is why there was a loss of the specter of making film at some point because they were making it with sound and had to have it all on a sound stage in order to control the quality of the sound. Um, which is why you don't have a gigantic, you know, temple or something that people are walking around because you how in the world would you do that <laughs> you couldn't you wouldn't be able to do that unless you dubbed and of course like i said they didn't really catch on to the dubbing situation till later because they would do two versions of the film so i'm pretty sure that's why that happened it's almost like um we talk about this too at, we i'm certain we did but why films started going into widescreen because originally films were always like the old standard television size almost like yeah. a square um because that's just how it was but when televisions became popular is when uh filmmakers had to do something else to get people to go to the theater so then they started you know vista vision and then they did the 70 millimeter and the widescreen just all that crazy stuff so that it was something you couldn't see at home you'd have to go to the theater to see it um so that's why all that was invented was to get people to actually go to see a movie rather than like, oh, I'll just watch my television because Johnny Carson's on. It's fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and in the history of film, you know, things like that, so like to dial people back in to the experience to either yeah. make it more immersive or whatever. Like we still see that today. I mean, like it was widescreen and then surround sound. Hmm. Um, oh, yeah just to name like the major things surround sound then uh 3d uh we currently have d box and then there's theaters now that are exploring um uh exploring more more and more uh 4d not to say that 4d didn't exist because like d box hello uh but like smells well, and like and like mists of like rain and like whatever yeah which is smart like i think it's exciting like yeah. i would i would i would totally pay money to have that experience because it'd be fun it'd be cool yeah yeah we'll go we'll go to one of those theaters but even like even just surround sound is like yeah. i still think it's incredible or well, um go ahead i was just gonna say um building on that like we might have talked about it before i can't remember but uh, one of the first it's called i can't remember what it's called maybe um I can't remember what it's called, but it's um, Akira Kurosawa did it with, um, I think Hidden Fortress was the first one. 
to use the sound where it had a speaker in the center and then two on the side. Mm -hmm. And so it had a wider sound than other films. Um, And it was specifically for the theater, like so that you would, and of course that was also super widescreen. Those are like the 70 millimeter style things where it's like really big and across your vision, like can't get away from it. Um, Uh, Theaters are still set up like that by the way, under, under that curtain, under the screen, mm-hmm. uh, we, we would have, um, we have like a big, big, we have speakers under it. Yeah. We, I no longer work for a movie theater. Well, still <laughs> feeling yeah, involved, still yeah. feel there. What was, I can't, yeah, perspective work, work sound. Couple. I think it was perspective sound where it was, you know, mm-hmm. so, and it was like that where, you know, if the sound was coming from the left, it was in that left speaker. Mm-hmm. excuse me if it's coming from the right it was coming from the right so it really made a difference with how people experienced it in the theater and then later and i kind of think it's crazy that because well skywalker did because it was skywalker sound had to install things for um star wars and it was empire strikes back i believe it was i don't think it was the first star wars but it was empire that basically george said y'all need to upgrade your sound or you can't have the movie. So yeah, all these was, theaters uh, were like, well, we got to upgrade. No. Yeah, well, not, yeah. yeah, I is think it's KHX. The, 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 yeah, the, the audience is now deaf. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I shot it for this and I will only play it on this. Exactly. And a lot of people, and a lot of people um, push, push that change to theaters for um, other things as well. Like, um even how oh, was it paramount was paramount the first to be like we're only uh releasing our stuff digitally now we're no longer doing 30 yeah 35 so anyone like who didn't have a 35 millimeter projector like had to upgrade yeah. and <laughs> no i mean they they kind of like do that or whatever they kind of do that like force people into the the newest technology because like if you don't have our films you know like if people didn't have empire strikes back when that came out like you're losing that was money a lot of money lost yeah yeah so and you would have though, to like, invest in upgrading your your theater because you I, had to have that movie playing i was working for a movie theater that um around the Oops. time of the transition we were one of the first in the area something we advertised a lot that we had um sony projectors so we have sony 2k projectors and then we got sony 4k projectors we upgraded uh and for, so 4k was like super big at the time and we were constantly advertising that we were uh doing digital and that had black or blacks and such like that but i remember those projectors costing at least twenty thousand dollars each Jeez. and we had like we had 20 of them <laughs> oh that's uh, insane our entire theater was uh upgraded we had 35 still in a lot of places because some some things weren't digital yet because it was like a transition yeah um and then there's a there was a period after we fully transitioned it was very rare but sometimes we would get films that were either only offered on print or um it was like a special thing i think one of the Lord of the rings movie maybe it was like 70 millimeter or something or maybe it was a Oh, the other one and Interstellar. It was Lord of the Rings and Interstellar. I want to say both did. It, Hobbit, Hobbit did something weird too. Well, he did, I, may, I may have been including Hobbit when I said Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it was Hobbit yeah. was done in 
oh, I can't remember what it is. It's like 40 frames per second or something weird. So yeah. it had to be projected a certain way in order to see it correctly. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think all theaters had the ability to do it. Um, uh, yeah, so we, you kept saw our, the we kept like a couple of our old setups. Because like also our theater didn't have, um, a lot of movie theaters have elevators in them. Um, and our theater did not, our projectors were installed um, while the the building was being built. So oh. it wasn't like, like it just had normal door frames. We did not have like wide doors anywhere except from like the concession to the back room uh, for all of our pallets of popcorn. Um, but, but yeah, so you would like those things had to be like dismantled. And oh goodness i'm sure there's other theaters that are like that like obviously like tampa theater doesn't have um an elevator well, do they uh but actually yeah. they do but not well they do i don't know if it's in use though no i think it is because i think you can i think you can only use it if you're disabled and you have to get upstairs yeah 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 we we didn't have any of that just have yeah. to, we had to lug all of our like 35 millimeter prints up and down the stairs oh geez that's crazy get a workout yeah, yeah i mean the um, was lighter but but yeah um i also wanted to add in there that bram stoker's dracula was the first to do 5.1 and oh yes and they had and to that's audio yes an audio those listening <laughs> yeah 5.1 audio um and you had if you didn't see it in a theater that had 5.1 um you know you didn't get the full experience and i to this day i say this all the time that is one of the most spectacular 5.1 experiences if you have like true 5.1 in your house like with all the different speakers it is amazing to watch that film in 5.1 because he did it beautifully and i believe it won an academy award for that for best sound because it was amazing um we will do that 5.1 is a uh, is a is a surround sound situation just for those of you who aren't familiar it's, oh yes um it's three points of sound in the front like john had said earlier with like a speaker in the middle and then one on each side and then two um behind you on the left and the right yes um not next to you but behind you so that you can like it's five points of audio for like the one point in the center and uh, well 5.1 the point one would be the subwoofer oh excellent yeah so you get the full experience like you know the ground is rattling or whatever like it's it's very cool. Yeah. Um, I think one of the other ones that I thought was impressive in 5.1 was Kill Bill Volume 1 was wonderful in 5.1. Um, very, very cool. Like the bee or the fly or whatever it was that was circling the room oh, before it yeah. landed on her. Like that was very fucking cool. And when she's buried alive, the sound like of the dirt coming across the coffin, it's, it's very cool very very well done uh anyway so moving right along um oh did you have any final thoughts on phantom before we move to the next one no um it was all right 
I, I like it a lot. I think it's very, very fun. So, and I would say that I didn't choose this movie, but I thought a movie that would, would have paired nicely that I did not pick because I was trying to stick true to my theme of like teenish college uh, slashers from Mm. like the late nineties, early aughts. So misery. I thought oh a really nice parent uh, really nice parent yeah that probably would have worked um yeah. but instead we have valentine 2001. instead instead in replace of <laughs> we now have this um <laughs> so <laughs> we have valentine so um yeah tell me how much you loved this movie I can't because I didn't because it's overwhelming (laughs) because like and you know it's oh gosh there's so many things here so first of all I was kind of like I almost wanted to text and ask for clarification if it was supposed to be my bloody valentine because I know that that's a movie I don't think that I've seen it is that the way is that the one were there like in a coal mine shaft or something? Yes, that's the one with the miners. Oh, okay, yeah. then I have uh, seen that one. Uh, there are, did you see the the newer one? Like My Bloody Valentine in 3D. Speaking of like how people get- uh, Actually, maybe uh, that was the one I theaters. saw. My Bloody Valentine, I want to say was the first horror movie in 3D. What year was that? Because uh, I, I might have seen- the theater at the time. I might have seen the 3D one. Not in 3D, but I think I saw the 3D one, like at home. 2009. Was the original? No. Oh, no. Not the original. That's that's the 3D one. Oh. The original was, um, shit, 1981. No, then I definitely saw the 3D one. <laughs> yeah, I saw it because it had people i knew in it i was like oh this is cute um so i have seen that um but not the point so i wanted to clarify but then i when i googled or imdb valentine i found out that it was actually a movie because it's called valentine (laughs) and i was like oh great um (laughs) (laughs) i kept for for whatever reason when i was looking for it because i own it on dvd oh my god (laughs) um but i was not home at the time when i watched these two movies and i had rented it on youtube and i kept typing valentine 2021 instead of 2001 and i was like why can't i find this movie (laughs) and i really struggled for a good like 15 minutes wondering like where the movie had gone and if I needed to go back home and like find my DVD and how is John going to be able to watch it how did people forget about Valentine 2001 I I, I kind of was hoping that I didn't have to watch it but then I I did so um (laughs) so what is this movie about Ashley I told you John is about a man who can't take rejection and is criticized about his looks. Uh, he uh, he he uh, he murders people, 
to to get closer to someone he actually uh he thinks he loves and to isolate her from all the people who say bad things about him yeah so and also he has nosebleeds yeah he does so the movie opens with a valentine's dance with katherine heigl wait a minute no the valentine's dance happens before the credits oh apologies my bad my bad my bad my bad Go ahead. Go ahead. Wow, to the, ma'am. To the wow. junior high. The junior high. The Valentine's junior high dance. Valentine's dance, which is you know very reminiscent of what it was like to go to a dance in middle school. Um, so yeah, he gets rejected by all yeah. the girls. You know, like oh, I don't want to dance with you. Ew. Ah. Uh, ew. And then he asks mm-hmm. the um, and I'm want to say this politely. How do you say it politely? He asked what they said the, they called her big boned yeah he asked the big bone girl if she would dance and she's like i guess and then they end up making out under the bleachers which i i was like that's a very odd cut too like <laughs> that's where you went <laughs> um well they were just they just wanted to know they really hit it off yeah so and then you know all the stupid jock people like find him and like oh i can't believe it you know and she basically said that he attacked her which was stupid because it wasn't an attacking situation it's not well, like they were the yeah the bullies it, it was were just, just kissing kind of like, it was so stupid well the bullies were like oh i can't believe you would like like I, what they kept calling her like like rhino or something um, they're like, oh, I can't believe like so and so. The girl's name is Dorothy. Can't believe Dorothy um, would uh, stoop so low as to like kiss this guy. Like, why would you do that? And she be- and she was like, I w- w- wasn't. <laughs> and they were like, oh, he well, did he attack me. you? And she was like, yeah, yeah, he attacked me. And it was kind of to get to like to deflect off of herself. And so they um, they were like, oh, you know, Jeremy, whatever is a- attacked. What's her name? Dorothy and so they went down and it was really just an excuse to like bully the kid more you know and so it was absolutely insane like ripped off his clothes in the middle of the dance floor where are the chaperones okay don't even get me started because first of all they dumped a big old thing of what's punch on him you know what I mean like oh that was first then they start ripping his clothes off which I thought this is very strange because who immediately goes to ripping his clothes off? It was very odd. Eighties, John. Oh my God! Give me a break. Nobody ripped my clothes off. Well, not the <laughs> same, not at a dance. Um, anyway, not the point. Um, but I, I just real quick, and I know this is a very strange detail, but I did love his underwear. I was like, oh, I really like those. <laughs> like I would absolutely <laughs> wear those. Um, <laughs> They were I very cute. Those. Those yeah, they like were underwear. They yeah. do. Yeah, like they look style like style of underwear. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're blue with white trim. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so they do that <laughs> and they beat them up and it's just stupid and horrible. But I was thinking that the whole time I was like, it, it, it would. The group of guys going over to the bleachers would have been enough for a chaperone or an adult to come over. Do yes. you know what I mean? Like that alone. Like, what are all these guys doing? this doesn't look good. Like they should be out here dancing with the girls that they brought to the dance. 
So that would have been the first thing. Second of all, then they dump a punch bowl on him. So it's like, okay, where's the adult now? Then they rip his clothes off again. Where's the adult? Then they bring him out into the dance and start beating him. And again, where's the adult? And not one moment in this scene did an adult even attempt to come into the situation. We never saw an adult in that entire situation. I don't even think the DJ was an adult. They didn't show the (laughs) (laughs) The adults were probably like in, you know, one of the, the counselor places making out, boning down while, you know, some kid is drowning in the lake, like in a Friday the 13th. Yeah, well, it's absolutely repulsive and I hate it. Anyway, so then it goes to the opening credits, I think. Oh yeah, and it's like, you know, yearbook pictures with I hate Dorothy and I hate so-and-so and and I hate this and that. Yeah, it's Um, like his yearbook. (laughs) Yeah, with all his writing on it. Um, They show the creepy doll mask thing which somebody was wearing at the dance by the way i thought that was very strange it was very standout it was like who wears a creepy mask to a valentine's dance i don't think that ever happened in real life but they had to put it in the movie um (laughs) then we cut to katherine very it was very reminiscent of another movie we watched for um terror tuesday uh happy death day the the baby mask Oh it's yeah. Like, why? Right. Why did why do you have why? I mean, like after in Happy Death Day, I just kind of like lean into it after a bit. I'm like, all right, you guys can be the something babies. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Not sure what it was supposed to be, but it whatever. Um, this I guess was yeah, supposed to be a like, cupid. Cupid. Yeah. It's like it's a cherub. Whatever. It's stupid as fuck. So um, oh, my first note, by the way, was where were the teachers? my second note um is about this whole opening with katherine heigl on a very bad date with this ridiculous guy that refers to himself in the third person um absolutely bonkers this whole situation and he had like a piece of spinach stuck to his tooth which was so obvious that he was as an actor trying to keep it on his tooth while he was talking yes and it was like yeah this is just bad i mean the acting is already bad and we haven't even started and then she wrote help me in her food like i'm like is this a comedy what is happening right now this is the dumbest thing i've ever seen and i hated it and then i don't know it was just dumb and then she she leaves there to go and badly park i wrote that down she parked terribly. Like, it's like, girl, there are lines. This is a movie. We know you're driving just for this scene. You probably don't even know how to actually drive, but you could have at least learned how to park in the spot correctly because she was taking up part of the other spot when she was done. And I was like, you're one of those cunts that is ruining things for people that need to park on the street when you're an Ebor or whatnot. <laughs> it's like annoying. <laughs> it's like, you're taking up two spots. I can't park here. You ruined my life. Thanks. Now I have to go pay for parking. You... Anyway, I don't like it. So then um, <laughs> she leaves the date to go and I don't know, study on a cadaver in the dark cadaver room. 
yeah, I mean, I, none of this makes any sense for for her studies. Like, I imagine if you were working on a cadaver, um, the There's lighting matters. There's so much wrong with like this. It's not even funny. There's so much but, wrong with this. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the first thing that's wrong with this, the first thing that's wrong with this is that this is just not something that she would do in the middle of the night. It doesn't make any sense. And mm-hmm. it also doesn't make sense that like, why are you alone? I feel like a cadaver situation in a school, even if you're practicing or something, you would want to have a classroom full of people. Cause it's not like you have endless dead bodies waiting around for these, I don't know, whatever she was studying, like, Maybe I'm going to learn how to that dead body. No, oh, give me a break. Maybe this is, I mean, do you buy dead bodies in college? I, <laughs> I don't know. I've never had rich parents. <laughs> I, it's just absolutely insane. So she's alone. She's, you know, in the stupid darkened room, which doesn't make any sense. You would turn all the fucking lights on. I, I, it doesn't make any sense. She's alone. She's, it's stupid. Then there's like, a kerfuffle and she's like oh my god and of course it automatically goes to oh it's spooky and she has to arm herself to walk down the hallway and it's like okay you know none of this makes sense because it's kind of like an urban legend when she goes into that library at night and then she's like oh my god what was that is somebody here well you're in the library in the middle of the night too girl it's not like you're the only person ever and oh gosh, the other person has to be a killer. It's like, no, it's probably somebody else studying you, idiot. Like, and then in this situation, it's like, again, you walked into this room in the middle of the night. So clearly it's open for students at any time of the day to work on cadavers. So why is it a surprise (laughs) that somebody else could be in the building? Do you know what I mean? Like, why are you arming yourself and going in room to room looking for somebody? Like, which you wouldn't even do. If I heard a weird noise, I'd be like, well, I have to get the studying done. So let me just go ahead and cut this body up real quick. And then, you know, I don't know if somebody comes in here, I'll fight them or whatever. Why would you go looking for it? You idiot. So she goes looking for it. She stumbles across some, I don't know, nerdy guy that is pointless because he has nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> and which I mean I was trying to remember faces but it, it doesn't matter because he's never going to show up again um he wasn't the killer so <laughs> he was no he I wasn't mean, not that guy not that nerdy guy that she ran into no not the nerdy guy she ran oh. into um girl there's so many problems with this movie so oh, anyway yeah I, oh yeah I'm excited I, I, to get the list of problems <laughs> so um she gets a valentine it's stupid like they're gonna what is is that the one where he says they're gonna need dental records pause no that's not the dental wait no is it that's not the dental record one um but i loved the valentines i actually that's the only part of the movie i liked i liked the the actual valentines that they receive are fantastic i love the artwork i love the work yeah. Interact, interactive like you have to pull the tab to get the thing to show and you the knife like cuts the girl's throat yeah, absolutely <laughs> wonderful i yeah. agree that that was actually lovely um anyway <laughs> then she realizes oh i got a creepy valentine i'm gonna shove it in my locker and you know, by the way she's in a locker room uh weird i 
it is labeled locker room. I don't know. It was just stupid. Um, <laughs> why is there a locker room in a cadaver area? Uh, whatever. So it's she, still a school, John. Yeah, I don't get it. It's not like it was a gym. So she goes back into her creepy room um, to work on her cadaver. And oh, switcheroo. The cadaver's actually the killer. And the cadaver that she was working on before is in the closet. Well, it was just all dumb. Um, then the cadaver's missing because, you know, he disappeared from the table, probably to go put clothes on because he's naked. Like, <laughs> so, uh, and also, there's so many. <sighs> Obviously, this is the nerd from middle school. Right. Like, that's the first thing that I would like to point out is that that was so obvious. It was like, okay, well, that's obvious. It's going to be the nerd from middle school. Cool. Great. Get it. He's killing all these girls because they rejected him at the dance, which is stupid. Why did you wait this long? Why didn't you kill them next week? I I don't understand why it took 10 years or whatever. He says that in the movies. Like, yeah, he said, sometimes you put on a happy face and you stuff it deep down, but like it eats away at you and you know, until it explodes. Oh God, whatever. And you just have to get it out. When I guess that is how I why. also deal with my anger. So <laughs> I can't really blame him. But anyway, um, so she so runs, she, she hides. Um, I feel like, it. does she get slashed a little bit? She, right? oh, uh, I I want to say a little bit, and she gets she hides in a um in a body bag, and yeah, I I thought I did think that this scene it was like a solid scene for like tension building because the I did the killer <laughs> the killer looks at all the bodies in body bags and it's well, like, he doesn't well, look at all of them he hiding. gets well, he gets bored pretty quick and i would also right. like to point well, out no, that it's like the the first two that he reveals i i'm not joking i feel like you should go back and watch it i'm pretty sure it's the same exact dead body i'm pretty sure it was the <laughs> exact same body i was like that's the exact same person that was in the other bag like what and then he decides not to unzip all the bags he just starts stabbing them i loved that that, that mean, was great like, yeah. like if she's in one of these bags i'm gonna find out real fucking quick and also stab her <laughs> and so he just stabs all the fucking bags and i and i really really dug that uh because that's like ooh, in any other movie i guess it would work but it it just wasn't working for me uh then, yeah, and then of he, course uh, he unzips her bag yeah of course because you have to see katherine heigl's face before she gets killed he slits her throat and it's over does she offer him money oh i i don't remember she i do not remember does plead for her life mm-hmm. of some sort like mm-hmm. i'll give you money or something oh or my parents no, have money right. or yeah. i don't know um i was glad katherine heigl was killed um because i don't really care for her oh she Sorry. was like all over during this time she yeah i i just didn't care for her Another another movie I almost picked for either this one or the one we have next week um, also had her in it. I was like, Katherine Heigl, get out of here. She yeah, was like please. on the up and up at this time. And I'm pretty sure 
because this is 2001. So this is five years after Scream and everyone like horror after Scream was trying to do what Scream did because Scream brought horror back. Yeah, it didn't know. work. Um, yeah, and Scream, you know, has like a an like Scream advertised. We've talked about this in our Scream episode. They advertised Drew Barrymore as um in all, in all the in all the marketing Drew Barrymore is in it. So you expect Drew Barrymore to be the final girl, but she's the first kill. Mm-hmm. You know, and so which I, I will say. I mean, we've talked about that. I, I think that was a good idea. And I think that it's a very good idea in right. general to do something like that because it does kind of make you, in fact, I think they should go further. And this is just me like putting this out there in the universe. I'd go even further with it. I would have trailers that are, and I've said this before in general, I think that they should have trailers that aren't part of the movie. They should have trailers. Animal activity did that. Oh, okay. Where they, it's Every like movie they, yeah. a completely mm-hmm. a scene that you're never going to see in the movie, but you can hype up your character. Well, it's similar to Full Metal Jacket, but not exactly. But that was only because of a situation. But you know, they only show parts of Vietnam. So when you actually went to the theater and you saw the boot camp scenes that took up half the movie, mostly, it's like, yeah. oh shit, I didn't know this is what I was going for, but it worked because it you know what i mean it was it was very well done and i think they should do more stuff like that and i think in those situations give the audience more of that person so that you are thinking it is a movie about them and then you don't get any of that and they get killed but i just ruined it if they ever do that sorry guys (laughs) Uh, but then of course there's like people that don't watch trailers so you would never know are you talking about me I mean, and others, but anyway, not point. So, um, Catherine dies. Was that like supposed to be a big deal that she died at the beginning? When I, when the movie opened, because it had, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. This is something that I had watched a couple of times in my youth. Um, and because I, you know, it was like an accessible horror film. Um, and, uh, when I when I opened with Katherine Heigl, I was like, "Oh damn! Did I forget that Katherine Heigl was in this movie?" And then she died, and I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, that's why." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah I would imagine that it, that they wanted it to be a big deal, you know. Yeah. Um, but I and I guess Katherine Heigl has also gone on record being like, uh, like rejecting the film entirely, saying she only read her scene. <laughs> and that the movie is like trash it is which hilarious um then we meet other characters wait a minute no i can't remember how this works i mean it doesn't it doesn't matter much it doesn't really matter we meet the other the other characters whose names oh i have a note about the names repeating their names i hated all their names i thought they had the dumbest names I was like, what? And there were too many blondes. That's actually a note I have on here. Too many blondes. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand why everybody has to be blonde. I honestly confused two of the actors because when I looked up the cast Lily on IMDb, huh? Lily and Kate. Uh, Lily, Lily being the one that was in Legally Blonde and Kate being the one that was in um, Scream 4. 
Uh, she was in a couple of other things that I'm trying to. Are those the two main ones? I can't remember. Oh, Dorothy was the big bone girl. Oh, the other blonde. Yeah. Um, and Denise <laughs> Richards. We we should mention Denise Richards is in this movie. I don't. It's not really important, but she's in there. Um, <laughs> Denise Richards was the only person who I liked in the movie. I found watching it this go, and I was like, probably because she was. I don't know. Like it. Denise Richards was just acting like Denise Richards. Yeah. You know, she really only does that one thing and that's about it i'm no, no offense to her if she's listening but where she's I, a strong independent woman who uh knows that she's hot and gets hit on all the time i don't know i just don't there's something about her that bothers me i don't know i don't like it, Is it i mean and i did have a conflicting feeling about that because i was like you know why is she constantly turned up do you know what I mean? Like she's <laughs> constantly turned up. Like she's always on. She's always going for the sexual innuendo. She's always going for it. And as much as I don't like it, I actually, it was conflicting. Cause I was like, well, but why should she not? If she right. can, and she wants to, why can't she be that way? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like one of those things that you, you like they were asking for it um well no but she but she i don't know i'm, I'm digging no, a right, hole no. and i don't know how to get no, out no, of no, it no 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 here here <laughs> let me let me let me dive in she in this film in particular and throughout her career but in, in uh in valentine she is constantly getting hit on by all these people and she's polite but all but also she doesn't lose herself like her own like dignity in this like like the cop that pulls her back and he she's like oh are you gonna interrogate me like she kind of like flirts back like a little bit but then when he's like what are we gonna do about this sexual tension which gross and she was like okay goodbye now (laughs) you know and she just kind of like drops people she doesn't like she doesn't play into it if she doesn't have to even um got later on it's just like it's just a compilation of like gross men um oh it is the one this guy that she was full of gross in, men the one guy she was interested in uh like at, uh blind dating that's the next scene oh, that we go yeah, into yeah and the, i, I uh, was gonna speed mention dating. that yeah yeah but uh she meets him in a speed dating thing she is interested in him and um yeah and but later on he's like oh i have a surprise for you and like he brings her upstairs and he takes off his pants and she's like you brought me upstairs to show me the surprise is your penis and i truly loved that and then like i actually like, have that and then pours I have wax that, all over him and leaves. yeah <laughs> i have that in my notes i have it in my notes because that was possibly one of the best parts of the movie uh, yeah, you kind of like because i was like like your penis is a surprise and i I was so funny too because i kept thinking like okay does he have like a really big penis does he have a really small penis like what but it didn't even matter every the size was irrelevant it was the fact that she just pointed it out so bluntly i think it was lovely like the surprise is your penis like (laughs) and but also also 
and this is part of my weird conflicting feeling with her and her characters like what did she think the surprise was because <laughs> because if it wasn't his penis because i mean to me i automatically assumed oh he's going to pull out his penis that's the surprise right like I, so in her brain think- if 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 she was under the impression that the surprise had nothing to do with the penis then what did she think the surprise was going to be? I honestly want to know. Maybe she just wanted to actually be surprised. (laughs) By what? By what? Who knows? It's a surprise, John. Is he one of those men? Does she think that he was one of those men that did like the the, the art with his penis, like made it into a sailing ship by pulling his balls weird? Like they had on real sex? Yeah, it's on real sex. Do they still have real sex uh, on HBO? Oh, I don't know. You should look. Because that was an episode, I believe, was like men that shape their penis into, it's like penis puppetry, I think it's called. And they, they, you know, make a schooner or a, or a bird or something. I don't know. I'm sure if you have foreskin, it can like get even more puppets? exciting. Yeah. Like they, yeah, they make it look like things. Maybe that's what she thought he was going to do, like penis puppetry. I think think that she knew that there was a possibility that this was going to be fucking dumb because the history from what we've seen is men being fucking dumb with her, Mm -hmm. you know, and her her entertaining them until it's just like, you know, and I think she just like, and I think that's like, sometimes I'm like, oh, why are you entertaining these people? Because it's like gross. And then I'm like, never mind, because she's like, well, also, he said, um, while his penis is on display for her, and she points out her disappointment of the surprise of his penis, Mm -hmm. he does say, what does he say to her? Like, are you going to wax it or not? Does he say wax? Yeah, well, he was like, well, like, like, after she said the surprise of his penis, he was like, yeah, well. And she's like, well, what? And he was like, we're going to wax it or not. And so she, I have uh, she never like, heard that. Yeah. Never no. heard that term. <laughs> and of course, of course, it plays into what happens next is she ties him up and she asks if he still wants his penis wax. And I knew exactly where this was going. She dumped hot wax all over his penis because of course there's a bunch of candles lit. I don't know why they were, but it seems dangerous to leave a room. Because it's Valentine's Day. Yeah, but the room was supposed to be unoccupied. Why was there lit candles everywhere? Maybe he lit the candles before bringing her up for the That surprise. was the surprise. Yeah. Surprise! I came up here and lit all these candles before we got like, here. Look at all these candles. And now look here. at my candlestick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was it hard? Was it not hard? I just don't understand. <laughs> I need it, more information about his penis. John, let me tell you something these type of fellows really it's nothing they just think their penis is special yeah every last one of them thinks there's something special about their penis and it's really just a penis so going back to the speed dating the music was horrifying i don't know where that music came from it was the (laughs) worst music i've ever heard in my life i was like what in the hell is going on with this music and it was just the the i don't know incidental music that they used for this it was just dumb. It was horrible. I don't know what the hell that was. Um, then, oh, I wrote a note about, because I watched this on Tubi. 
and it had commercials. And one of the first commercials was for Botox. And I was like, do you think that they like know what movie I'm watching? And they're like, (laughs) this person probably thinks they should be pretty and they want to look like Denise Richards. Let's put a Botox ad in here because I feel like they might need it. They might want what that David Botox. Boreanaz? Does he do Botox now? He probably does. No, but they like in the film, they mention like when they're, so the, all the Valentines are signed JM, which is like Jeremy Melton, who's the name of the kid of, mm-hmm. um, that was like. The nerdy the, kid, the, which, which yeah. God, there's so many problems with this movie. The nerdy right. kid. Like, why do we keep going after the nerdy kids? And first of all, they're always hot. They're always hot. Hot nerds. I mean, I don't understand it. Why did they never get to get busy with people? Because they're hot and they're smart. And why would you not want to be with a nerd? Anyway, whatever. Ugh, I can't stand it. Um, so, so Dorothy accuses um, nerd. What's her name? Her Kate. Uh, oh i'm sorry the, the no, amount yeah. of times everybody says these fucking names it's was like stupid out of they control. had the worst names and they kept page, saying them. page page kate 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 lily 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 i think we hear <laughs> but dorothy so dorothy comes at kate because they're trying to like they're stressed and trying to sort out the killer and if it is jeremy Mel- or jeremy melton or if it's just some random dude but they the the women have sorted that it simply must be that kid from middle school. <laughs> Which is so and, stupid that they would even. <sighs> yeah. I mean, the, the, the uh, kid they all rejected and who attacked Dorothy. And then Dorothy admits that she wasn't attacked. Um, but Dorothy looks at Kate, who has a relationship with um, is it Adam or Andrew. Doesn't matter. It doesn't David matter. Adam. <laughs> Adam is David Boreanaz. Oh, is that his and, name? Uh, David Boreanaz, uh, the I guy just called him an David. Angel and Bones. Uh, no, I know he... who he is. I can't believe he was in this. Because I actually like hot off of Angel like too. him. I think he was still doing Angel. Yeah, because they yeah they did they did do a little comment like he's no Angel. That made me think that he either just finished Angel or Angel was still rolling. Uh, yeah, so it was she like, says to Kate, <laughs> says to Kate that uh, that she um, that like oh, yeah, oh it could be uh, it could be Adam, uh, like with with a little plastic surgery and some working out. Why couldn't it be Adam with a little plastic surgery and working out? That kid from middle school could be as hot as David Boreanaz. No, he was hot to begin with. You guys are just assholes. Well, um, it's all they also he also had like a different like skull shape. Okay. We're gonna get into this. And let's just can we just okay. Uh, spoilers. I'm spoiling they, it now. Uh, they 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 just brought up plastic surgery a lot in the film. That he could uh, be anyone with plastic surgery. Plastic surgery is not this good. No. Like well, especially not then. It wasn't you know, this seamless. Do you know what else is not good? Mm-hmm. Is picking a very specific body type to be your killer throughout the whole fucking movie and it not be the body type of the person that actually killed everybody it makes well, no I sense that it was like they, that's why they it was frumpy clothing but like it wasn't the, he the was on the killer was wearing was like thick 
she it played was a like dead winter. cadaver. We saw his tiny little body under that sheet. Like mm-hmm. that's not yeah, the and same. Boreanaz isn't tiny. I honestly think though that I might be confusing two movies that I saw back to back. Because <laughs> I watched. What um, other movie did you see? What did I watch? There's someone in this house, or there's someone in your house, or there's a man in your house. There's some holes in this house. Um, <laughs> the calls the coming from inside the house. No, it's a new Netflix movie. It's like a little horror movie. I actually thought we could probably do it for the podcast, but but then I saw the whole thing. Um, <laughs> that doesn't stop me, John. No, that's true. I did kind of like it somewhat. There's what someone the inside your There's house. There's someone the inside your house. Thing. Yeah. And yeah. in that one, I feel like it kind of did the same thing where it was like the body type of that person, it they just it was and you wonder if maybe they're misleading people on purpose. Yeah. But at the same time, it just doesn't make sense. You can't do that. You just can't do that. You can't have a, a one body type going around murdering people and then, oh, it's David Boreanaz with those big ass shoulders. Give me a break. <laughs> it was not him. So, and like I said, spoiler, it was David Boreanaz the whole time, um, which I honestly thought was stupid. I don't think it should have been him. Like if I had written this movie, I would have done it differently. It would not have been him. In fact, I think it would have been Dorothy, which they tried to kind of make you think up until the last second that it was probably Dorothy but uh no it's David Boreanaz and his nose started bleeding on her face um also yeah that final scene love it because I love how like awful it is her face has his blood on it they're like holding each other and she's got blood running down her face and it's the blood from his nose also it could have very well been Dorothy I don't think the movie wants us to believe that it was Dorothy and that's why they gave us the whole nosebleed thing. But even, even so like you could have written the script as that is Jeremy Melton and he's trying to leave that past behind him and he did get plastic surgery and like whatever, or he did beef up and he didn't, he doesn't even necessarily need to have had plastic surgery, but they don't recognize him because he did beef up and he has like changed a lot. And he really um, wanted them to accept this person that he is instead of, with the person that like he he himself rejects because he was re- rejected so often you know and use that as a like a red herring that he's the one killing them but really he just you know <laughs> just found found a way to get people to like him um in this new body uh but and it still could have been dorothy who was constantly uh teased for years by her friends even though she was loved, she was kind of like the, she felt she like also, the bottom rung of the ladder. Yeah, whatever. She also wasn't that big bone, as they say. Um, no, no, but like it was not at what, all. What, when was the dance? 1988? <laughs> yeah, but still, uh, she still wasn't that. That was, I, I would were, never were, have labeled fine. her as a fat person. Never. Well, they wrote a script, John, and then they put people in the roles and then like, eh big enough <laughs> rude <laughs> yeah or not as thin as the other whatever yeah not the ridiculous stick figures that are walking around with their bones rattling um <laughs> <laughs> that's a daria reference by the way um yeah so good, so good. um 
hold on, let me find my notes here. Uh, da, 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 da. I can't read it. Botox. Oh, they all have weird names. That was my next note. Don't <laughs> like it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the one girl, maybe it was Lily. I don't know their names. Um, <laughs> she fully wrapped herself up in a towel before she got out of the shower. And again, this happens way too often in movies. I can't stand this shit. You would never have done that. That doesn't make First any all, sense. I do that. Well, I do that in those big square showers, the glass showers. Like I'll wrap myself up before getting out because I'm like wet <laughs> all over and I'll dry off while I'm still in the tub so that I'm not like tracking water throughout my, uh, my home. Well, I mean, I but, will. Okay. But so in like a tub, I dry off as I'm getting out. So like, I'll dry off like a leg and then step out and then dry off the other. For yeah. Example. I mean, maybe I'm just very different, but there's no way I would cover my entire nudity with a towel. I don't even give a shit, especially if it's my house. Like who cares? I'll walk into the room naked so I can put some underwear on. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me that anybody would do that. I mean, I take my towel off before I leave the bathroom and then I walk it's like watching people in movies that let's say like in this in this scenario she puts on this towel like I'm just saying like if if it went further and this Mm -hmm. was a movie which happens a lot in movies like you'll put the towel on you'll be completely covered and then you'll put your underwear on underneath the towel before you take I mean and they do this kind of stuff in movies all the time where it's like nobody does that even if you're in front of your significant other what it just they've seen you naked before like you probably just boned down earlier like who cares if they see your nudity oh my god i can't stand it it's like in in (laughs) mommy dearest mommy dearest was very similar where the guy like completely puts on a robe to walk two feet to the shower to get in there with her and i was like why would you even put the robe on it makes no sense like you got naked in that room you put a robe on you walk two feet to the shower and take off the robe to get in there it's like you literally put that robe on for no reason i hate it i think it's stupid just walk around naked for god's sakes not that we need to see any more naked ladies the men should all be naked here 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 is some wiener (laughs) so (laughs) um the toilet i oh then she was because she she ran out of water or something because there's something wrong with her water um which i thought would be more of a story but it wasn't it was just stupid and she basically uses the toilet to rinse out her hair and i was like okay I mean, that's where we went with this. And it really didn't make any difference to the scene whatsoever. It didn't have any impact on the story. You just rinsed it's your hair. Like, that people did. None of that went anywhere, have though. Have you not done that? No, I'm just saying, it, 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 
it literally made no difference if we saw that or not. Like I thought, oh, there's always something wrong with the water. So that's going to come into play later when she's trying to get away from a killer and has to, I don't know, turn water on to spray him or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like, why it was a waste us, of your time? It's a waste of time. It's like, you're, it, it, that was in the script. Like, did they read that? Did anybody question it? Like, why is this even in here? Why am I sticking my head in a toilet? Like, there's also, there's like, what's this supposed to be a comedy? Is another question. Cause, like I said, help me on the plate. Like a horror like, comedy sometimes. Is this yeah. a comedy? It should have just been it, a comedy. I, well, I think it was supposed to, again, because Scream was, was uh, comedic and, a, and still a horror and a slasher. I, I think that they were much like Urban Legends. Urban Legends was also like going after the Scream model, you know? and trying yeah but that wasn't funny at all (laughs) no because their jokes were just mean it's also (laughs) like maybe like it's funny that this got made into a movie that's funny (laughs) 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 that they went through the entire production and editing without saying why are we doing this like why keep this footage in here of her washing her hair in the toilet uh, well, I also wonder if the original script had, like, if they had, like, shot something that was related to that, cutting that bit out and leaving in the other thing. And it was just kind of, like, dangly. Ugh. I mean, that happens a lot. I'm not trying yeah. to necessarily defend the film. Don't defend uh, it. Please don't. I know what I picked. <laughs> no. Uh, so after the toilet remark, I wrote Too Many Blondes, which we already discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, then I wrote down the detective, and I cannot remember why I wrote that down. Was it him, uh, keeping Denise Richards for questioning? No, it because that happened after. Um, no, it didn't, did it? I can't remember. He was, was, he was really something... creepy and scummy, like yeah. where you thought that maybe he he could. Maybe that's him. why I wrote down the detective because I was like it could be this guy it could be this guy um i mean i guess but in my (laughs) like i said i i i think for the most part i knew it was going to be david boreanaz because that was the most obvious yeah of all of them doing it i was like well it's probably him but it would be cool if it was dorothy like that would have been cool if it had been her um but then i thought if it was the detective it really wouldn't make much sense because what does he have to do with any of these people unless he was the surgically altered dude i don't know um (laughs) because apparently that's how you do it um then let's get to the fucking ridiculous money laundering dude or whatever that guy was um dorothy oh yeah dorothy's boyfriend her well she projected a relationship on this man that was like she called him her boyfriend without even knowing what his last name was i was like this is absolutely bizarre and i felt kind of bad for her because i was like she needs therapy really bad because we also we kind of get the impression that she is trying to constantly competing with her friends and trying to be in the same position and she doesn't necessarily feel desirable or 
uh, whatever. And we, we kind of get that almost bluntly from the script. It doesn't seem very like whatever, like, like we're, they're always, yeah, they're always teasing uh, Dorothy and Dorothy's always bringing it up, even though they're adults now and they no longer tease her. Uh, she just keeps bringing it up because that's like some type of trauma that she has held on to and continues to project. Like it, it's like she's constantly trying to compete with her friends. Yeah. And so the moment this fellow displays like interest in her, uh, and she's like, Yeah, it's my boyfriend. So deal with that. Like, you know, even though she's like kind of like trying to put pressure on when it doesn't necessarily need to be uh but yeah the dude but the dude was also playing into it because he wanted her money oh yeah yeah well he was a nasty i put lazy mooching fuck face um (laughs) was what i wrote because i mean we find out pretty quickly that he is trying to steal her money um in fact the woman that he stole money from previously shows up and says hey where's my money and (laughs) he stole my money that's my jewelry what and like and like she's still defending him which i was like girl don't it's just it's just not a good look don't defend this disgusting freak and then you don't even know his last name again she didn't like you like to to like to be so unlucky in love she didn't like you know that's kind of like that's got to be hard for her to deal with in front of her hot friends who always have guys well, first of all the, she the is an attractive one. lady so she needs to just shut the hell up she's also uh kate capshaw's daughter just so we know i don't know who that is kate capshaw is steven spielberg's um one of his ex-wives um oh, okay they were she's kate capshaw is a temple of doom that's kate capshaw oh okay so jessica capshaw kate capshaw yeah um so steven spielberg was her stepfather for a time steven spielberg has like fatherly touches all over the place yeah anyway so uh none of that's important certainly doesn't help the acting or the plot um (laughs) well not much of the film does either no um so anyway no this guy so he's a piece of trash and he at one point he's like yelling to have funds transferred over the phone i don't know he's like yelling um because he wants his money give me my money um and then (laughs) uh the dorothy calls him on the intercom because there's no hot water upstairs and could you please go down to the basement and relight the uh hot water heater which this is like a mansion like what is that even like a thing that they have like one little hot water boiler heater thing in the basement like it's it's the size like in the overlook hotel hello did you see it they showed it it's a regular (laughs) hot water heater it's like it's like the kind that is in my apartment right now like in the closet right now it's the same exact one it's like dude that's not doing anything for that mansion it should be a boiler situation like the overlook hotel that blew up like that's what it should have been um makes no sense unless there was like a a row of them for different parts of the house but there wasn't there was just the one anyway so uh, and he was complaining about it the whole time like you disgusting loaf of bread like all you do (laughs) is steal women's money and then get mad when they want you to do one thing it's not even a big deal just go down there and do the fucking thing and then he's so bad at it 
that he like like he can't he can't even put himself in the upright position to grab the matches off the top of the hot water thing he has to like reach up while he's bent down and fumble and then knock them all down and then get mad about that like um dude it's your fault because you're a fucking idiot oh my god the whole thing was just stupid and then i kept thinking like you know there was one point where he was like bent down weird and i was like is he naked under his robe is he just exposing his wiener to the cold floor like what's happening with (laughs) i think there should have been more of that in the movie (laughs) any movie that's bad like this should have penis in it that's just the bottom line anyway (laughs) so he gets murdered with an axe um it's uneventful but um the thing that bothered me about this and this is another reason that i still think it would have been cooler if she was the murderer because like i kept thinking did somebody disguise their voice to sound like her to go down there and do that because you know and then he never returns was it successfully lit is my next question did she ever get hot water i guess it had to have been because nobody like went down there to fix it to check it out yeah yeah but his body wasn't even there the body was moved because it was in the sauna later remember yeah. when the girl was hiding in the sauna yeah. from the killer and it was yeah anyway oh lord um so yeah i don't like that guy i didn't like the situation he got axed it could have been dorothy but it wasn't um then what then there's a stupid party um and uh, i don't know why there's always a goddamn party there's always some damn party um so there's a party there has to be party in fact there's a party and this is why i think i keep mixing up the two movies because there's a big party in that other movie that i watched i mean there was a big party in phantom of the opera yeah but that was a masquerade and at least he was dressed for the occasion it was fine first of <laughs> all this guy's got a cherub mask all oh right my god. <laughs> oh my god so um anyway party dumb huge everybody's stupid in the party um and then uh so he the the acts uh, the, the the lazy dude gets killed then the um the girl that he had stolen the money from gets murdered um, mm-hmm. then Denise Richards gets killed in a hot tub it was very stupid um, yeah uh, what was that I don't know it was just pointless. There's like, a, like a plastic plane over the top and then they're drilling holes through it nick her at some point and then electrocute her uh, it, like it was just you think she's gonna drown she gets electrocuted no I just uh, I'm not I and then she like bursts it. out of it later right she's like Pfft no no she never pours out of the pours out of the jacuzzi no we don't see that no we just see her her face bobbing later i literally watched that scene this morning (laughs) she well and it's also it's stupid because like the the girl it's again like urban legend like remember at the end of urban legend was like a vincent price movie where she's like coming across all the dead bodies piled up everywhere and it's like i mean doesn't that happen in in a in scream happens everywhere it's like there's yeah, always piles always, of dead bodies to discover it's just but the most ridiculous imagine thing. how horrific imagine not only being chased by a killer and knowing your friends have died but or, or suspicious 
rather, but knowing in your heart that your parents have died, but never actually finding like bodies or anything like that. And knowing that people are dying, like even previously before this party. And as you're going through, as you're running away from the killer, you're coming across your dear friend, best friends <laughs> since middle school. Well, yeah, and, that's... and they're dead. That's got to be rattling. It has to be hysteric. That has got to be so friggin' frightening, but it's in every single horror movie ever. Well, it didn't really work in this one because I don't think she played it very well. And when she did find Denise Richards' body in the thing, like all creepy and gross, she just mm -hmm. closed the door. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, I closed the door and I can't see her what now. Do you, what do you want her to do? She's got- I don't Disney know. It just seems dead. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Let me close the door. Like, then, this girl's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. but the logic of the whole house and running through it didn't make sense either like at one point like she's she found a gun which you know she did check and see if it had bullets and it did and then she had to put them back in and she's shaking and stuff she did that pretty well she was pretty good at shake the shake acting that was good um then she's <laughs> but i kept thinking like is the gun you like don't you have to do something else like take the safety off and do like a clicky clacky thing on it so i don't know about guns so i really don't care but i'm oh, saying like it? I, yeah Are you like to, to cock it to, to make sure there's a bullet in the chamber exactly like don't you have to do something like that like she's just like yeah. pointing this thing and then well, i kept thinking like like if you well, wait, wait 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 pause pause sometimes if you don't like unload a gun like whenever you like unload a gun there's still going to be a bullet in the chamber so you need to take the the bullet out but oh like they know. do in the movies yeah there's, there's still one in the chamber <laughs> like that's like what that's one of the reasons they're um it was perfect <laughs> <laughs> i've um, seen a lot of movies where they disarm men <laughs> and it's always some um, awesome lady doing it i love it <laughs> but yeah that's why there's like a lot of dangers with like i mean it's one of the reasons why there's a lot of dangers with people who are cleaning guns and then they like it goes off because uh Again, it, people can sometimes stop or my get, mom will there's, shoot. A, there's a bullet in the chamber right yeah <laughs> stop or my mom will shoot when she actually cleaned it with like <laughs> like cleaner like she mm -hmm. with a scrub brush she got <laughs> oh my god it was amazing i love that we should do that maybe. yeah so um, she nece doesn't necessarily uh would not have necessarily needed to cock the gun if the gun had a bullet in the chamber just okay well anyway she um there's, there's my brief gun safety i've shot them the, the gun the gun I don't know, whatever let's just get to the end of this so she um yeah goes around the house and and walks up some stairs because i you know you go upstairs for no reason i don't know and then um david's there and keeps chasing her and it's just weird and you're like i don't know is he the killer is he not the killer i don't know and then you're like well is she gonna shoot him because if she does shoot him he's not the killer then that's an issue i don't know it was just stupid then um the killer's coming down the stairs oh no no, no. she bumped into the quote unquote killer they both fell down the stairs they're at the bottom of the stairs. She comes to and she's like, oh shit, there's the killer. The killer bolts upright, like, oh my God, I'm alive. Doesn't say anything. And then all of a sudden is being shot, like boom, 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 shot, shot, shot. 
David Boreanaz is coming down the stairs. He shot the killer. Then they're like, oh my God, oh my God, sad, sad, sad. And then he, she's like, I got to see who it is. So she takes the mask off and, oh, it's Dorothy. Oh, she's dead. And don't look at her. Don't look at her. And then, <laughs> and then they embrace and they're waiting for the police to arrive. And that's when he has this whole spiel about, oh, it can be horrible. And then his nose bleeds on her face. And that's the end of the movie. So, <laughs> um, oh, and his nose bleeds, by the way, through the mask every time he kills somebody. So we knew that oh, it was the kid from the beginning. That. Yeah. So we knew it was the I nerd. absolutely forgot about that. Like we knew it was Jeremy Morton or whatever his name was. Um, we knew, whatever. We knew that it was him uh, <laughs> the whole time, but we just didn't know who the, you know what I mean? And was it Dorothy? Did he get a sex change? I mean, I don't know, maybe. Um, yeah, he just present just, female. I'm kidding. Oh, true, true. Maybe he does. Um, anyway, I'm just grasping at straws to make this more interesting than it is, but it isn't. And so that's the end of the movie, the credits roll, and I turned it off finally. Oh, I forgot. So several times <laughs> I had so many issues watching this movie because there was a part where it's after the party, before she, she thinks it might be David Boreanaz. I don't know. I can't remember exactly, but she goes outside for some reason. She's trying to call somebody she finds the cell phone that she's trying to call ringing on a rock by a pond and she goes to get a piece of paper out of the water and it's the head of somebody well and that's the thing i didn't quite see what happened because i wasn't paying attention at that point i was googling something and i missed it so i tried to rewind it to see who it was in the water and there are so many issues. It aired out several times. I still couldn't see it. Jason had to pull it up in the living room so that we could try to watch the end of this damn movie. And he was excited I was watching it because he just loves it. He told me all of kinds course. of things. I was like, oh my God, I hate this. And I was like, I just want to finish this damn movie so I can be done with it. And I just, I just wanted to know who it was in the water. So it turns out it was the detective, but it didn't look anything like the detective. I mean, I guess we're just assuming that it's the detective because it didn't look like him. It was a very obvious fake head and it just didn't make any the, sense. She had the phone. It, it was an IOU as well. There was an IOU there um and the phone was ringing it was the detective's phone but it it was weird because it was a phone ringing and then the detective's voicemail so the phone was calling the detective and got his know. voicemail or it's... was the phone ringing and then it was like a voicemail like you would an answering machine in the 90s where it would pick up but this was a cell phone that's Did not how it was back then like did the cell phones have voicemail well, cell phones had voicemail you had to call it though like it wasn't saved to your phone okay, just, like you had you to know, call a voicemail um, let's just write it off as fucking idiotic and the fact that it took way too much time for me to find out who the ugly deadhead was it didn't matter in the end at all mm -hmm. <laughs> that it was the detective <laughs> <laughs> like it seriously it didn't matter it, none of it mattered um Anyway, so yeah, that was my issues with that. So anyway, um, final thoughts on this horrible movie. 
absolutely loved it. Oh my god, um, the Valentines were very well designed. Um, those Valentines were so good. Actually, yeah. I, I I honestly love those Valentines. I hope and David Boreanaz got paid a lot of fucking money to be in this piece of shit. This movie cost about ten million dollars. I'm pretty sure. Well, I hope um, at least also, five of that movie, went to him. <laughs> and Denise Richards. Oh, give me a break. Hello. She'd say yes oh. to an envelope. For this is our is this our second or our third Denise Richards movie? I have no idea. Has she been <laughs> in other ones? Envelope. Uh, we did Starship Troopers. Oh God. Well, she yeah. really does oh, pick bad movies. No, maybe no, she is the two... reason the movies are bad. <laughs> no, there are two other movies that I intend to pick that have her in it. And one, because before Terror Tuesday started, you we had done uh, Death Becomes Her, and then you had picked uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. And I was mm. like, I'm going to keep the dead going and do Drop Dead Gorgeous. <laughs> oh, now that I do love. I do love yeah, that we one. Ha- which we haven't done yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a good, I'll, I'll give you and that I'm, I'm super excited for you to watch Tammy and the T-Rex later uh, on. I saw that in your list on Letterboxd or whatever that's called and yeah. i was like i cannot believe she's gonna try to make me see this <laughs> um, <laughs> there was a few we'll in there that i was the like gore oh, version no. don't worry we'll watch anyway the gore. so i did not like this movie at all um it is something that i can never take back um i had to sit through it for this podcast and I don't think people out there really appreciate what I do for this podcast. So (laughs) you're welcome. (laughs) And the nightmare of trying to watch this thing on Tubi, because on Tubi, it does not pick up where you left off. You have to fast forward to the part that you've. (laughs) (laughs) I had to do that three times just to see the head of the body. That didn't matter. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay, so what do we? Tuesday. What do you rate, um, Phantom? Phantom, I would probably give like a six or a seven. Yeah, I give it seven toes. Yeah, for sure. Valentine, definitely, 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 definitely a nine. So, I mean, that's obvious. <laughs> valentine's obviously like a three or a four <laughs> i'm giving it two toes no that, just that, two that's fair that's fair two pinky toes um, yeah oh we didn't talk about the girl who um when i was a kid uh that scene with the oh, i can't remember who it is but there it might no it's not dorothy uh when uh she's in the shower and like there's like broken glass and the killer just presses her throat onto like the shard of glass. That's like oh, that was gross. Yeah, I hated that as a kid. And then the blood's like in a pool, like in like a heart shape, um, <laughs> coming from her neck. But as an adult, when I was rewatching that, I was like, "Do it, press." <laughs> oh God, no! I didn't like that. I didn't yeah. care for it. And the angle that it went in just made you so uncomfortable. It's like, like <laughs> I can't imagine what it was hitting on its way through her head it's just it's horrifying um so gross um 
yeah yeah so, uh, so that's terror tuesday for this week um i'm glad you enjoyed phantom of the opera um <laughs> wonderful piece sorry of about valentine <laughs> sorry about valentine if you guys watched along with us i apologize uh, for Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah, geez. you picked a very like classically good uh, era, <laughs> and I picked a classically bad, bad era. era. <laughs> I mean, it works. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. That's the fun of it all. So, uh, so, yeah, so like, subscribe, review, and um, yeah, and check us out on the Instagrams, One Foot Podcast. Um, one foot, podcast. one foot podcast at gmail.com yeah there you go um but yeah thank you and uh and next tuesday see you see you then bye-bye uh happy valentine's day what? i don't know <laughs> <laughs>